from a Bournemouth perspective, I actually, I know I said I don't like anybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the All Things FPL podcast. My name is Spice, and I will be your host for today's episode. And we're going to kind of do a bit of a Game Week 7 preview, I guess. But uh, I really wanted to focus on um, the midfielders and the forwards today, looking at options for those. Uh, Of course, last episode, earlier this week, we talked about bust at the back and how I really thought that it was time to move on from some defenders and use money from going to like Trent to Trippier in order to uh, pick up some of the better playing forwards, some of the better playing midfielders. And today I kind of want to talk about a few different midfielders that I really like heading forward, uh, you know, with good fixtures and just looking like they'll be better return for your value, I guess, return for your money than the defenders are currently because as we know, um, the defense has been horrible. Now, before we get started, there are just a few things I want to mention. First things first, this is actually being pre-recorded to the second set of fixtures on Wednesday for the UEFA Champions League. And of course, this is being recorded. It's been uploaded before the Europa League. So if there is any injuries or fitness issues, um, I don't know about that at recording. Uh, we did finish the Tuesday games, however, in which we saw Chelsea lose to Dynamo and Erling Haaland scored another two goals for Manchester City as well as they dominated Sevilla, giving them their worst home loss in like a long, long time, I believe. It's also worth noting um, for Chelsea specifically, Thomas Tuchel has been sacked this morning, kind of out of the blue. And um, from what I've seen around social media, uh, Chelsea fans are a little uh, taken aback by it. I don't think anybody was really expecting it and thought that Tuchel probably should have got some more time. I'm not going to go into a whole spiel about it, but uh, I kind of agree. I thought this was a little premature, especially after you just let him spend $300 million. Um, Aubameyang also, you know, coming in because he wanted to reunite with Tuchel and he's gone after literally one match um it, it's kind of unfortunate but um i was a little surprised like i said uh i don't know really how it's gonna go for chelsea of course they're probably gonna be better attacking wise i think a new manager needed to come in to attack um they needed some goals to be scored as tuchel just set up two defensively and his best creators were reese james and ben chilwell slash cucarella anyways uh it seems a top prospect right now that's being mentioned is Graham Potter, of course. Now, if I'm being honest, I I don't know if Potter will go to Chelsea. He's building something very special at Brighton. But like many people are saying, you know, when the money starts flowing in, you know, multi-year deal, you know, that security uh, and being able to participate in some of, you know, the world's best competitions. uh, How can you say no? So, uh, you know, we'll kind of keep following this story as it goes on because uh, the Chelsea assets become a little bit interesting if they, um, you know, play a different style of course you know when Raheem Sterling up there with even a bombing I guess you could say up there Reese James Chilwell are they gonna you know are, are we gonna see the back five still the three back five back however you want to call it um who knows so uh Chelsea assets assets wise uh is something to keep an eye out for anyways uh, moving on to the topic of today's episode, I wanted to take a look at midfielders ahead of our Game Week 7 fixtures, as well as the forwards too, um, because as I said, bust at the back has been crazy. Uh, 
I honestly, the highest scoring defender right now is Jao Cancelo at 33 points, and he's been disappointing by a lot of people's standards, and he's like 18th or something like that on like the all-time scoring list. So real quickly, why don't we jump into Chelsea assets? They do play Fulham actually uh, for the early kickoff on Saturday, and uh, midfielder-wise, you know, a lot of people started off with Mason Mount. I wasn't really sold on Mount. I wanted to get him, um, but after one game, I saw how much more defensive he played, and I, I got him. I got rid of him right away. The only asset I really think is worth considering from a forward or midfielder position is going to be Raheem Sterling. He's actually scored 34 FPL points this season. He hasn't been too terrible. Uh, Form-wise, he's returned in. Uh, two of his last three games, and the Leicester game was a haul. He is starting to pick up some form, but again, um, there's a lot of uncertainty about what's going to happen with that team now. So I think for me, he's definitely not someone you pick up heading into this weekend, at least. Um, but he's someone that should be on the watch list, especially if Mo Salah continues to not play super well. I mean, he's he's had a decent start to the season. The only problem I have with Salah is he costs 13 mil, which, you know, if you could save 3 mil for Sterling, who has scored a very similar amount of points, by all means, it's probably the better move because then it allows you um, to, you know, spend elsewhere. Next up, uh, we're going to go with Brighton and Bournemouth at the weekend. This should be an interesting fixture. Uh, and of course, like we said, you know, uh, Brighton could potentially be losing their manager. Now, Bournemouth-wise, you guys aren't picking anybody up. But Brighton-wise, I actually do like um, some of their midfielders and attackers. They're, they've been you know, very much talked about. Um, they have two midfielders who are on the top four of all FPL scores right now. And that's Pascal Gross, uh, McAllister, and Trossard. Um, these three guys have been super, super good to start the season off. Now, at the forward position, you could go ahead with Danny Welbeck. I think there's better options, of course, with Mitrovic at the same price, for example. But Pascal Gross has been really good. His numbers are actually really, really great. I'm a big, big fan of Pascal Gross right now. I actually don't own him right now. That could change. He's currently owned by 27% of all managers in FPL. But his underlying numbers are very good. Um, he could have had more in the Leicester game as well, uh, but right aside him uh, at Alexi McAllister, this guy has had three double-digit hauls this season. The rest of those games, he hasn't had anything. Um, he's a player that I, I don't think you guys should pick him up, honestly. I'm not convinced that this will keep up for the remainder of the season. Uh, that's kind of how it goes. Yes, he's on penalties, which is good. Um, Yes, he, uh, you know, he's never going to, he had a great goal, let's say, that got disallowed. That's not going to happen every time. And um, he, he, in the past, has proven he's not going to be a guy who will provide, you know, this for a season long. Now, I actually do like him as a short-term option in, say, like the fantasy draft mode. I don't see a problem with that, being that he is on penalties, he is playing well, but at 5.6, you know, if you absolutely need a Brighton person or you're desperate for somebody, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, I do think the best option still is going to be Trossard, even though he scored lower points this season. This guy can play in every position, which means he's guaranteed to play a majority of the games. He can get into good positions. He can score goals. He could play in the forward position. Yes, he could play left wing back at times, depending if Estupinan is going to play. If I'm sorry if I mispronounced his name. 
But I, I do like the Brighton asset. I do like Trossard a lot. Um, and, and for anyone else, really, I don't think it's worth your kind of budget at this point. From a Bournemouth perspective, I actually, I know I said I don't like anybody, but I do like Solanke. He is probably going to be the talisman for the team this year. And, um, you know, he had a goal and an assist against Nottingham Forest. Now, the thing is, is he's not going to play against Nottingham Forest every single time this year. Uh, they do actually have a pretty good fixture run coming up, though, uh, in which they play Brighton, Newcastle, Brentford, Leicester, Fulham, Southampton, and then West Ham, Tottenham ahead of the World Cup. Actually, I think Leeds and Everton and then the World Cup hits. So it's not the worst fixtures in the world. And, you know, he could definitely pick up a couple goals in that time period. He is currently set at 5.7 million, which is not a bad price. Um, especially if you have a bit of spare change, but you don't have enough to go up to like Mitrovic or Ivan Tony, for example, but you still want a forward who can play week in and week out and could potentially give you some returns. I'm, I'm not opposed to that. Personally, I mean, I, I wouldn't get a Bournemouth player if you don't have to, but he definitely could be someone that's rather decent um we do have Leicester City playing Aston Villa this week for a battle of managers being sacked and I'm surprised that Tuchel was the one sacked before either of these two honestly but both teams I think you kind of just stay clear of them both at the time I I don't really like either of their assets attacking wise Ollie Watkins is the only one that potentially interests me I know Leon Bailey you know he's been getting in you know a lot of people's potential teams he does actually sit at 4.7 if he was just guaranteed to play all the time if Gerard just used him I think he's actually a really good pickup at that 4.7 price especially if he gets one more price drop but um you know he, he's not too bad and I think Ollie Watkins is obviously the best um asset on Aston Villa he played really well against Manchester City the way he runs the channels and can attack at players is really really good he's going to be a great asset this year uh just the issue is Ivan Tony and Mitrovic they're playing much better at similar or less of a price and that's the only reason why you know you don't really want to go for that as for Villa they do have decent fixtures coming up obviously they play Leicester away which the fantasy game, they always, you know, rate uh, Leicester away as a tough fixture. It hasn't been a tough fixture at all in, you know, over six months, I feel like. But then Villa do have Southampton at home, Leeds away, Forest away, Chelsea at home, but then Fulham away, Brentford at home, and then uh, Newcastle, United, Man United, and then Brighton to finish off uh, 14, 15, and 16. So I actually do like their fixtures coming up. And, um, you know, they're worth considering as far as that goes. Uh, otherwise, you guys are staying clear of any other assets. As for Leicester, I don't I don't think you guys should touch any of them until we see a new manager come in. I'm not even going to bother going any, over any of them. But if we do get a new manager and Ihanacho's playing or Daka's playing, those two are actually worth considering at the forward spot. Midfielder-wise, you know, James Madison, but don't look at any of them until we see something change. Uh, next up, we have Liverpool and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, Wolves, interesting team, let's say the least. Uh, Potence gets another goal of the week. Uh, Nevis has played very good. Neto has been a flop so far. And currently, uh, their two forwards are injured. The two FPL-listed forwards are injured. So, I don't really know where to go for Wolves. I don't really think it's worth going anywhere because Wolves look like they never want to score any goals. 
Um, all their defend, their three, two top defenders uh, have more points than their midfielders, uh, which just goes to show that goals are not flowing in for a team like Wolves. You never feel like these guys are actually going to score, but if I did have to choose one of them, I don't. I, I like Potence, especially because he's going to play that like center forward role. Uh, he did score a goal against Southampton, and at the beginning of the season against Leeds, he did score, but he hasn't played a full 90 uh, since game week two, so you kind of throw up questions for that. I do like Gonzalo Guedes as well. Um, but again, he hasn't completed a full 90 yet this season. He did play over 60, but only in three of five games so far. So I think the Leeds, or the uh, Wolves guys, excuse me, these are the, you don't want any of their guys. I don't think it's worth bothering with. As for Liverpool, I mean, you guys already know the Liverpool assets. Mo Salah, Luis Diaz. Um, as far as the forwards go, I don't think any of them are worth it. But I do think you should keep an eye on Diogo Jota. Of course, he is listed at 8.9 currently, and it's not like last year where he's seven and a half and a midfielder, a great asset, probably one of the best 7.5s we've seen in a few years. Um, with him returning, he could be worth considering, but I don't know. I'm not a big, uh, like I said, there's other forwards playing better. Uh, as for, you know, these Liverpool midfielders, Salah's really the only one you want. And I think there's too much hate on Salah right now. I know he's 13 million. And I know I said earlier that, you know, he's got similar points to Sterling, but it is Mo Salah. He can score in any game. Whereas with any other asset in this game, you don't feel like, you know, they can score in every single game aside from maybe Erling Haaland or Kevin De Bruyne. But uh, Liverpool do have Wolves coming up. Then they have Chelsea away, Brighton at home, Arsenal away, Man City at home. Now, I know that's a horrible fixture run coming up for Liverpool. And it's why I'm considering getting rid of Trent Alexander-Arnold and moving to a forward. Um, I don't think defense, I think defensively Liverpool could be in a little bit of trouble in these next few weeks. But what I really, really like about these big games is Mo Salah also loves big games and we saw last year he scored a hat trick against Manchester United at the beginning of the season he scored two goals against Jao Cancelo and Manchester City in the beginning of the season and then I believe he also scored another I think he scored a goal against Chelsea uh, he's a player that loves a big game uh, he gets hyped for these games and he always plays very well, uh, which is why I, I just don't see a reason to get rid of him ahead of these fixtures. I still think that, you know, yes, he's the he's not the highest scoring midfielder. He's like the third or fourth highest scoring midfielder in the game. But Mo Salah, he's a guy that you just can't get rid of. And I think if you have him, you're just going to hold him. If you don't have him, of course, you're not going to go buy him until his fixtures get better. Uh, Luis Diaz as well. He's another decent guy to pick up. But, uh, you know, he's been a little inconsistent. He's only returned in two games this season so far out of six, where Salah is at least kind of returned in a few games. Um, Bar, of course, he probably could have had a goal against Everton, and he probably should have returned against Bournemouth anyways. So for Salah, I'm not too worried. You know, a couple different bounces go his way, and he's off to a flying start as well. Moving on, uh, Southampton and Brentford. Now, Southampton, I don't like any of their assets even JWP as good as he is it's just not worth it but Brentford have been really interesting because Ivan Tony of course he's coming off a beautiful hat trick at the weekend he's actually the second highest scoring player in FPL I want to say right now with 45 total FPL points 
he's a great asset. I really think Ivan Tony is becoming a part of the new template, and I think he is really worth considering. He's got off a super, super hot start. Uh, he's returned in game week one, two, three, and then he got a hat trick in six, blanking in four and five, but honestly, he probably could have had a goal in either of those games too. He's off to a flying start and he's going to probably smash his 12 goals and 5 assists tally that he got last season. I think he's going to get close to 20 goals this season for sure. And uh, assist wise, he's also looking more of a creative asset as well. Uh, Brentford are in the middle of a really good fixture run and they still have you know quite a few decent fixtures to go until the World Cup I mean honestly for me I think they're I think Ivan Tony is a hold all the way through until the World Cup they do of course have Southampton away uh, at the weekend but then they have Arsenal home yeah that's going to be kind of a tough game but you know, they actually like to play well against these big teams then they have Bournemouth away Newcastle away Brighton at home Chelsea at home which will be tough but then they have Villa away, Wolves at home, Forest away, and then to, then they have Manchester City away. City's the only game, of course, that you, you don't expect anything from. But, you know, I, I could see a goal coming in against, you know, Newcastle or Arsenal or Chelsea for Ivan Tony. You know, he's a great asset, and Brentford are a good team. They're a little inconsistent at times, but, uh, yeah. As far as any of the other players go, I know there's been a little bit of talk about Mbuemo. I don't think he's really worth it, in my opinion. Um, the system clearly favors Ivan Tony at the moment, just with the way they play and everything. Uh, and at a 6.0 price, just go get Mitrovic if you're going for Mbuemo. And uh, midfielder-wise, I'm not a huge fan of many of them. I think Jensen's a decent shout, but all of his points really came from one game, and that was the Manchester United game. Other than that, it's not worth it. There's better midfielders, um, but these guys are cheap. Um, and I, I like I like the Brentford guys. I, I really, really do. Uh, then we have Manchester City and Tottenham, a game that uh, is it's our first real big clash, I feel like, of two teams that are really going to challenge each other for, you know, a top spot so far. I mean, I think actually the winner of this game will be at the top of the league after the Arsenal loss at the weekend. And it's interesting. So first off, it's worth noting just for previewing the game, say Kyle Walker I believe is going to be out. John Stones is also going to be out. Uh, both currently have injuries and Laporte has remained injured as well. So it's just something interesting to keep in mind because it does mean Jao Cancelo may end up moving to right back in this game. As for the rest of the assets, Erling Haaland, he's essential. He's going to play most of this game too. Uh, he only played, I believe it was 70 minutes last night or two nights ago against uh, Sevilla it was. So uh, I, I think he's he's going to be fine. He's going to start this game as well. Um, will he score? We'll see. Uh, Tottenham seem to always give Manchester City a bit of trouble. And this might be the only week for the remainder of the World Cup period where I will not be captaining Erling Haaland. City fixtures still look pretty good aside from Tottenham at you know home. Uh, but they do have Wolves away. Then they play Manchester United at home. Then Southampton at home before going to Liverpool and Arsenal. So, you know, that, that'll be kind of tough. Uh, but then they have Brighton at home, Leicester away, Fulham at home, Brentford at home. I do think that their only tough games right now for the remainder of this are going to be Tottenham at home. Uh, Liverpool away will be tough. But I, I do think Manchester United might give them a little bit of a game. But I do think City um, just have too much quality for Manchester United at the moment, I think that'll be a little hiccup in Man United's return. We'll talk about that in a second, though. And I also don't think Arsenal are up to par just yet. I think City will probably cruise through them at the moment. 
But at the same time, I, I don't really know because City have had a bit of a control issue when it comes to the games they've been playing so far this ish, this year. I've been saying in the previous pods, they just look like they lose control of games for spells at a time, something we didn't see too much from them last year. Um, so that obviously, you know, can result in more shocking results like, you know, drawing Villa at the weekend. Uh, regardless, like I said, Holland is essential. You kind of want him in your team because he is hurting a lot of players. He is the difference between someone sitting at 4 million right now without him. And for my for myself, I guess we'll say as an example, he's the difference between me currently sitting at 4 or 5 million in rank and sitting at 500k. Uh, he is unreal right now. Uh, we also, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne's a great option. I like Bernardo or even Gundogan, uh, Foden as well. Uh, these guys are all good pickups for me, in my opinion. The Obviously, the asset we all kind of keep our eye on is Mahrez. Who knows what's going to happen with him, honestly. Uh, he's seems to be just out of favor he's only started one game he's only played 90 minutes in one game so obviously Mahrez is still in an avoid he's just not worth going for but uh, Foden has played uh, every game in the Premier League he did play 45 minutes in one and 54 minutes in the other but otherwise Foden has played in every single game so I think he's a he's a good asset to kind of watch uh, Gundogan he has played uh, over 60 minutes in five of the six games to start this season. And in the game that he was subbed in for, which was Crystal Palace in game week four, he only played 29 minutes, but he ended up getting an assist. So actually pretty, you know, convincing for him right there. And Bernardo Silva, he seems to be playing out in the right wing spot a little bit too, which is an interesting position for him. And if it continues, should be good. Um, since he returned to the team fully in game week three, he's played over 60 minutes in all those games. He only played a few minutes in both game week one and two, but that was because a potential move to Barcelona was in the horizon. Of course, that fell through. Uh, so I do like the Manchester City assets. I mean, everybody does. But uh, those four or five in specific, I think, are the only ones you really want in your team. Taking a look at Tottenham, Harry Kane, he's off to a flying start as well. Now, the issue with Kane, of course, is he obviously is not as good as Holland uh, as far as FPL goes. And that's unfortunate because I really liked Kane. I, I actually started the season with him. But once Holland started scoring too many, you just have to put him in. Um, but Kane's a good option, obviously. Uh, I guess he's a good option if you're not going to run with Salah and you have that premium money. You want to spend a second premium for Kane and Holland. I like that. I think that's a good move. But at 11.4, like I said, it's just it's very expensive to have, you know, two premium forwards and then, you know, a bunch of cheaper midfielders, especially when, you know, Salah and KDB are those other choices. And even Son. Uh, Son we'll talk about in just a second here. But uh, I, I like Kane, and as I said, for Tottenham, their fixtures, they're a little tough. Um, they've had a lot of choppy fixtures, but Kane is someone that could score in any game. They do have, obviously, City away this weekend, then Leicester at home, which should be good, then Arsenal away, which will be a tough game, but then Brighton away, which is actually a tough game too. But then it gets a little easier with Everton, then Manchester United, Newcastle, Bournemouth, Liverpool, and then Leeds. So kind of choppy fixtures. There's some good ones. There's some bad ones in there. But I still like Kane. He could score in any game uh, as well. Uh, looking at some of the other assets, Hoiberg is actually their highest scoring midfielder, which is just interesting. Obviously, you guys are not picking up any of them. I do like Kulusevski. He's the second highest or third highest scoring player on this team. Uh, but he's he's only really he's only really played a, a 
one or two really good games. He obviously had the big haul in game week one, uh, and then he had one other game where he returned just an assist. So, you know, Kulisevsky, I don't know. He, he's an interesting one. But it seems Tottenham are really playing down the left-hand side. Uh, I'm, he's not my first choice. I much rather would have Son. But Sonny has he's gotten one assist so far this season, and that was in game week one. Since then, he has blanked in every single game, so you can't really have him. Uh, looking at Richarlison, he's listed as a forward. He's not guaranteed to start. He's someone that you don't really consider. Uh, Tottenham are just one team right now. That's kind of a headache unless you have Harry Kane. Moving on to our Sunday fixtures, we do have Arsenal playing Everton at the weekend, and uh, the Arsenal assets um, for midfielder and the forward-wise, I think we all kind of know who they are. Gabriel Jesus has been really, he's gotten off to a good start, he's been kind of quiet uh, towards the second part of the s- second part of the first six games of the season, uh, obviously at a 19-point haul against Leicester City, um, but then again, McAllister also had a nice big haul against Leicester City, so how much does it really say about him? Uh, since then, he's had two one-point blanks and one goal scored against Aston Villa in their win. I find him to be an interesting asset. I think, I don't know, currently at 77.4% ownership, I actually am not playing with him at the moment, which could be, you know, it is a little risky, but uh, I, I don't like just the uh i don't know i don't think he's super needed and i I think you can really go against them i think there are other forwards that are playing better arsenal do have everton and brentford up next which are going to be easier fixtures but then they run into tottenham liverpool leeds and manchester city uh so they got some tough games coming up especially if you're on the the big defender you know run with them i know a lot of people were running with Zinchenko, Gabriel, or Saliba, and Ramsdale, um, which have all kind of, they've been all right, I guess, but, um, you know, you expected a little bit more from at least Ramsdale. Uh, Regardless, you know, they're running into a little bit of trouble with them, heading into some of these tough fixtures. Uh, Looking at some of the other midfielders, though, I think Martinelli is great. You have to keep him for his, you know, 6.5 for what he's producing right now is unreal. It's great value. He's someone that you definitely want in the team. Odegaard as well, same price, uh, very similar production numbers. I think Odegaard and Martinelli are the two that you really want to keep. Saka's actually, uh, he started to pick up his play in the last few games. He's returned in four of his six games so far this season, and he's returned in his last three which is really good so far and i think he's only going to continue to keep that going uh anyone else though i i just think you avoid uh arsenal look decent but again those fixtures get tough and manchester united seem to be a real wake-up call for them uh it's going to be interesting to see how they play against some of the other teams next up we do have west ham and newcastle two teams that are super super interesting to say the least and uh just to actually note back Everton, nobody. Anyways, West Ham, Newcastle. Uh, We'll start with West Ham because they did actually, it seems they started to pick up their play. They played a very good match against Chelsea. Probably deserved at least a draw in that match. But I don't know. It's weird. I don't really like any of their assets right now as pickups. I don't really like Mikel Antonio, especially because Skamaka is a threat to his starting position when Skamaka is fit. Bowen has been too quiet for me this season. Uh, Fernals and Susek, there's you're not picking those guys. Declan Rice, you're not picking a CDM. I don't know. I don't really. I I think they're all on the watch list. I think Bowen's on the watch list. I think Paqueta's on the watch list. I guess Antonio's on the watch list. But again, there's better forwards at that price. Um, 
West Ham seem to be a watch at the moment, but they're a team that you're really watching because fixtures start to get a little bit better. Uh, they do have Newcastle at home this week, but then they have Everton away, Wolves at home, Fulham at home, Southampton away. They do play Liverpool, but then they play Bournemouth, Manchester United, Crystal Palace, and Leicester City before you know the World Cup begins. So fixtures get very, very good for uh, West Ham, and it's why it's worth considering. From a Newcastle point of view, I really like these Newcastle assets right now, by the way. I think Trippier is a great, great value. But some of these other guys, they look very good. Callum Wilson, uh, Alexander Isaac. Obviously, Wilson is injured. He's expected to be back uh, this weekend, apparently, or at the end of this weekend. Uh, The forwards-wise, they're a little interesting. I, I don't really know if I would go with them just yet. But I do like St. Maximin. Of course, he's also uh, injured. I do like Almiron as much as people don't like um, the look of him. I think he's worth uh, taking a look at, especially with St. Max out. The only reason why I say that is he is priced at 5.0. You could literally use him as a bench playing guy. Uh, But you are looking at their defenders, and I don't want to go over the defenders again, but I think Pope is probably one of the best value goalkeepers in the game right now, especially with Newcastle's fixtures as they have uh, West Ham, but then they have Bournemouth, Fulham, Brentford, Man United, Everton, and Tottenham, and then Villa, Southampton, and then Chelsea before the World Cup. They're a really solid side uh, defensively. Uh, I think it's really worth considering their defenders and, you know, a midfielder or, you know, a mid- probably St. Maximin when he's fit. Uh, Next up, though, we have Crystal Palace and Manchester United, and uh, I've been waiting to talk about Manchester United, uh, but we'll start with Crystal Palace first. Attacker-wise, Wilfred Zaha. That's it. That's the only one you want. Uh, Other than that, stay away from the rest. Uh, Manchester United, interesting now, because they look to be a good football team at the moment. Will they keep it up? Who knows? Um, They have some interesting fixtures coming up. They have Palace next, obviously, Leeds at home. Then they have City away, but then they have Everton away, Newcastle, Tottenham, Chelsea, West Ham, and then Villa and Fulham before the World Cup. Interesting, kind of uh, hit or miss with them. Now, I guess um, Marcus Rashford. He's your first kind of guy that you're looking at here. Uh, currently sat on 40 points over the year. I think Rashford is the is probably a very, very good value at 6.5. But he's probably the only guy you really look at. I guess you can consider Anthony at 7.5. I think, you know, he could be an interesting one. Um, but again, it depends on this rotation because Rashford seems to play better on that left-hand side. And forward-wise, I mean, who plays at the forward position for them now with Martial injured? Ronaldo doesn't seem to be the one starting. So uh, it's interesting to see what positions they'll all play. I mean, Rashford played okay at forward, but I think he likes that left-hand side a little bit more. Sancho's an interesting one too, but again... Um, I don't know. I think there's better. I think you're just better off going with Rashford at the moment, especially because he's hot. Bruno Fernandes, is he worth considering now? Um, Maybe. I actually think that Bruno could be worth considering. Uh, You know, he's gotten a return in two of his last three games. And hey, who knows? This this team is looking much, much better than they were. And then um, finally, we have Leeds and Nottingham Forest to finish off the week. It's actually a Monday night game. For Forrest, you don't want any of their attackers, and they're actually a team that we should be targeting now because they have the worst um, expected goals conceded so far this season. They are—they look very likely to concede in just about every game that they play in. Of course, they did give up three second-half goals to Bournemouth, and I'm a little worried for this side. They—they they are really struggling uh, defensively, but um, you know. 
you don't want any of them anyways. Uh, Lingard, not worth it. Uh, Gibbs White, maybe. He's maybe the one guy you may want to keep an eye on because he is on set pieces and he did get an assist at the weekend. Maybe that's it. Uh, and he currently sits at 5.5, so even then, that's a little expensive for what you're expecting. And they have a bunch of forwards that I don't even know which one is going to play. As for Leeds, they were very interesting. Obviously, they had a really good little burst of run, and Rodrigo got off to a great start. Then he got hurt and uh, basically ended his run there. Uh, Leeds do a force, and then Man United away. Villa, Palace, Arsenal, Leicester, Fulham, Liverpool, Bournemouth, Tottenham. Uh, so the fixtures do get a little rough soon. So if you're going with Leeds, you're only holding until like game week 10 probably. But I like Jack Harrison. I think he's a good pickup. I like this Aronson guy, the American. He looks actually not terrible. Um, he couldn't return, but again, he's kind of hit or miss. And I actually really do like Sinistera. He's giving me these Rafinha vibes, and he's played very well the last uh, two, three games. He's yet to play a full 90. So before we wrap it up, though, I do want to talk about my current team plan because why not? Um, I think it's an interesting plan, and I think it's something that may be worth considering. So this week, no transfers are going through. I'm going to let Liverpool play against Wolves. I'm going to let you know all these games kind of play out, and I'll get a little more information because there are going to be two Champions League midweeks before game week eight. Now, once Liverpool do finish up against Wolves, and if they really don't look too good, I'm going to get rid of Trent, and I think that's the plan anyways because Liverpool's fixtures coming up are... Chelsea away, Brighton at home, Arsenal away, Man City at home, and then West Ham at home will be a little bit of a challenge. I think these are all games that Liverpool, like I said, will kind of struggle defensively in. So I think it's worth getting rid of Trent and just going down to someone like Kieran Trippier, and then going ahead and upgrading someone like Greenwood up all the way to Mitrovic. And that way I am able to get good coverage uh, kind of through... Uh, three attackers. I'll have about 12 really good playing guys that will, you know, be assets I can rotate through. And uh, Fulham have great fixtures coming up. And the only reason why I uh, think I forgot to mention Fulham, just because they're playing Chelsea and all the Chelsea news. After they have Chelsea at home, they have Forest away, Newcastle home, West Ham away, Bournemouth at home, Villa at home, Leeds away, Everton at home, City away, and then Man United at home before the World Cup. That is a really good fixture run. Aside from those last two, that's a really good fixture run in which I think Mitrovic will continue his form. He looks amazing. Now, the problem is, is I need to get this deal done rather early because price changes are going to probably kill my move off. Um, but at the moment, I think these I think this is probably my best course of action. In return, this ends up leaving me with Haaland, Mitrovic, and Tony, with all of them having pretty good fixtures. And the nice thing about this is, is if this move is wrong for me, if it's not going to work out, the best thing I can do with all this is I can go ahead and head into the World Cup and I'll have unlimited transfers to kind of fix it. And I think that's why it's time to make moves now. Uh, use that wild card now, because if you mess up, you at least get... Um, you at least get the World Cup to kind of fix your mistakes. I can tell you right now, wildcarding and going ahead without Trent or Cancelo, yes, it's very risky, but I think it's a move that's really worth going for because right now these defenders are not returning at all, and it's better to just stick with these hot attackers, these hot midfielders, because like I said, if it doesn't work out, you have 
the World Cup coming soon. Anyways, listeners, that is going to wrap up the podcast for the week. Uh, We did have a Champions League over it all, but uh, I'm not going to review any of the games, uh, really. I'm sure you guys have watched them all. Uh, Europa League, just watch out for fitness issues. Uh, Of course, if you're watching this before Europa League tonight, just wait until the games are done before you go ahead and make any transfers, of course. Uh, The last thing you need is one of your Arsenal assets getting hurt or something, and if you have to take an unnecessary minus four just because you didn't want to wait it should be a very interesting uh game week seven coming up there's some good matches coming on uh i'm excited for it and uh yeah as far as content goes this will be your last podcast for the week uh we will be back next monday and then we'll have our game week preview on thursday again right after all the champions league games um you guys can of course follow me on twitter at all things underscore or what is it yeah at all things underscore fpl um give me a follow there feel free to let me know uh your thoughts on you know what teams moves you're gonna make and all that good stuff um please feel free to leave a follow leave a review on the podcast it'd be much much appreciated and uh yeah guys until next time i'll see you then peace (laughs) 